Namaste everyone. I welcome you all to this fourth session of Guru Bodha series with my Ayurveda Guru, my Ayurveda teacher and principal, Dr. M.B. Guru Raja sir. I cordially welcome Dr. Guru Raja sir to this program. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Janathan. So uh, I am the convener and Dr. Janathana Vihebar and the founder of uh, easyayurveda.com. In the last class, there was a request for, you know, proprietary medicine list of famous companies done by Indian doctors so that you know other Westerners and people from other countries can follow the same. We understand the condition or the premise in which it has been asked that they can follow the you know the experience of the senior doctors and reciprocate the success that you know many Ayurveda doctors get. It came to the conclusion that you know the practitioners themselves with the two years, three years, four years, sometimes four to nine years, and some other foreigners I have seen, they study extensively, they come to Kerala, they come to many different places, they spend and they study on their own, attend all these classes like these, and they gain experience. One thing that I see lacking in many of the Ayurveda practitioners outside India is uh, their confidence. We'll get the Guraja sir's uh, comments on this in a while. The the patient comes to you and you particularly out of all the options that the she or he has. Uh, it is kind of a Hindi terms we say that it's it's like kayanat. It's a it's kind of a vidhi or it's it's kind of a written rule or you know unwritten or unseen rule that you know the patient has your client has come to you. So there is a little bit of karma, there is a little bit of a spirituality if you find it, why the person has come to you in particular. So, so when he has come to you, so then you know the whole of the you know the world has decided that you are the right person to treat. So you you know you have done your Ayurveda studies, you know the medicines, you know the you know Rasaguna, Virupaka, Prabhava, all those things. You know the Samprati, Vigatana, Nidana, Pura Rupa, Rupa, everything you have studied. So use the best of the knowledge, back yourself, and you know. Try to treat the disease. Any which ways you, you will not be giving you know, any adverse effect causing herbs. Most of the Ayurveda herbs that are available outside India are kind of safe. Anyway, you you have you know many years of experience of uh, you know studies and also clinical experience that you have. So back yourself up, come up with a combination, try a you know milder form of panchakarma, or if you if you're not sure about the samprati, at least give a trial medicine for a couple of weeks then take it on. Uh, dependency quality on you know, Indian or any senior, senior doctors, it has to stop. For us, you know, after BMS, it stopped because you know there, there, there's nobody, you know, we can go back. Of course, there were guiding lights like Dr. Guraja sir himself who was there to us. But when a, when a patient is there, when a client is there in front of you, it is up to you to, uh, you know, remember all the things and come up with a, uh, you know, perfect formula and, and plan out a treatment. One one thing that I would uh, that I would encourage everyone to have confidence and back yourself up and read more and this does not discount the you know the amount of knowledge that you have to gain. You know I read myself and I'm sure seniors like Dr. Guruja sir, everybody reads, everybody will be updating their knowledge. It's uh, being in an Ayurveda medical profession, so we have to be up, up thorough with the Ayurveda Samhitas and the modern research going on. So everything we need to study and there is no denying or discounting that effort from your end. Coming uh, to Guruja sir now, so I mean when it comes to treatments, there is no one size fit all 
a formula, uh, so to say, sir? No, it's quite in, uh, always it's uh, unique in Ayurveda. Each and every patient is a different one. We need to understand that for what intention or what pain or what symptom has brought this patient to me. So that we have to understand. Then try to analyze what may be the probable doshic involvement and what may be the reason for that. Try to catch out the samprapti. Then once a causative factor is elicited and a samprapti is made out and even the lakshanas are according to the classical um, text oriented or even sometimes may not be in the text lines. So all these things when you make it align then you will come to know what exactly happened inside. Accordingly, select based on the Sarvada, Sarvabhavanam, Samanyam, Vruddhikaranam, based on that or Samanyusha Siddhanta, select a particular type of drug use available with you to get the desired result. It's what actually intended from a doctor. So when a patient comes to us, definitely he or she will be in an intention that uh, they, uh, they don't want to understand you what you can do it but they are just seeking a solace in you and they'll try to find out some relief for their pain that's the what the criteria behind that when they approach to us so it is our duty to finalize those uh, complicated areas many a times the people will come with a lot of files in, in their hands with all documents and records they already approach it to many doctors and they come with uh, prescriptions and they are using many medicines. They are not satisfied with the results like that. There will be a lot, lot of things are there. So we need to understand what exactly thing is there, whether the patient is exaggerating things, what he is suffering from, or it is a real factor, something like that. So all these we need to understand. And to support our uh, conclusions, we may take the help of the laboratory investigations, whichever available in the present uh, um, domain. So the same thing which can be incorporated into our science and accordingly we can understand it. So once the diagnosis is made, then only we can go for the appropriate Samprapti Vigatana, that is the breaking up of the adiopathogenesis, then only the treatment can be achieved. Yes, and uh, there is this theory called as a first principles, you know, approaching a problem through the first principles. Best example can be given for Steve Jobs. So when Steve Jobs was designing the uh, iPods, it, it was like music listening uh, pod. He, he wanted a very small, as small as possible device in which thousand, uh, thousand songs can be stored. It was back in 2002, 2003. So he asked his engineers to do that. And they came up with a bit of a bulky device to store the, uh, to st as an iPod model. So then he simply put that device into a water bottle or you know, uh, it's called an aquarium. And uh, bubbles started coming out of the, uh, the iPod model, the prototype that they had. So he said that if there is air bubble coming out, it means that there is air space uh, inside the iPod, means that you know, still we can fine tune it and reduce the size of the iPod. I want the iPod to fit into the pockets. Even we, if, if we come to the you know, current visionary like Elon Musk, you know, he has a company called SpaceX, and they, he he wanted to build a rocket. Now they are you know successfully launching uh, rockets with the uh, humans to international space stations and whatnot. But when he be began this exercise of you know inventing rockets and all, he he went to Russia, but they quoted a very high price. So he came back and said that so what are all the basic elements or equipments, metals, ingredients that that are to be that are required to build a rocket. 
So he made a list and he, he started accumulating them and pricing them and you know, collected those materials and started building a racket. So this is called as thinking in the first principles. So in, even in Ayurveda also this thing of first principle thinking goes a long way. You do not know the big samprati of a bigger disease. You can break it down to the qualities, the guna that has increased, like uh, Guruja sir uh, explained, samana vishesha siddhanta, sarvada sarvabhavanam, samanyam vruddhi karanam. Meaning, which guna has increased in a patient which is causing this particular symptom. The, then with the guna, we can go into the dosha dominance and based on the dosha dominance, one or two doshas which are dominant. So in this way also, you can break down the disease or the, you can break down the symptoms of the patient presenting into smaller components and start approaching the treatment. Of course, it's not very ideal kind of a thing, but for a beginner, it can be one of the ways. No, that is actually the way because, because you need to identify what is the basic element involved in the uh, manifestation of the samprapti. So we, we try to find out the first thing is the patient coming coming up with some lakshanas, so her symptoms and there will be certain signs. The signs and symptoms present in the patient will be catched first. Then we try to analyze the way to put it, whether it is due to vata, pitta or kapha or whether due to the combination of both. Then which area, which shrotases or which channels in the body, all these can be fine-tuned and then accordingly, whether it is due to the season, whether it is due to time, whether it is due to your age. So everything comes in a line. Then accordingly, we can make a conclusion that whether this is due to really with Vata Dosha, then if it is a even still further, you want to go further down, then you can further classify whether it is due to Pranavata, whether it is due to Apanavata, something like that. Like because for every Vata, there is a area of their dominance and the, the, the important functions in the body. Whether such functions is altered, then accordingly we can catch hold of the, this particular function is altered or deviated from the normalcy. Then we can think that this particular vata is hampered due to some condition. Then accordingly, which is the best suited model for the treatment that can be taken. If it is a vata jibikara, then if it is apana vayu disturbance is there, then try to find out what is the thing, basic thing. Apano, apano gatha, basti medroru gocharaha. Shukra Shakran Mutra Garba Nishkramana Kriya, it is said. Whether it is Shukra Arthava or anything which is around the pelvic region, anything which is going wrong, maybe because of menstruation related things, maybe urinary tract, maybe regular bowel habits, all these to be taken care of by the Apanavata. If something goes wrong in that area, so we can think of that the Apanavayu at a stake. So in that condition, whatever the best suited to remove the Apanavayu or make it Apanavayu, move in Apanagata doesn't allow it to make it a Urdhvagata, then all these things will help us to bring it a relief. Once that is regularized, because Vata is very important in the body, which carries even all the Datus and Doshas and different different modalities. What we talk about in uh, modern science or Ayurveda, that many pathways and channels and all those things. Everywhere it is said that Vata is the one which is having the mobility. All other things are having lame. So then Vata is able to carry the tissues and doshas to different parts of the body. So Vata has to be maintained in the body first. If Vata is there, then it is everything can be settled down. Yeah, and uh, uh, another important thing that you told regarding the usage of lab investigations in Ayurveda practice. Uh, of course, there is very senior set of uh, hardcore Ayurveda practitioners who do not want to uh, use uh, lab investigations at all. And the client has brought it looking into the lab investigations and you know analyzing that 
will will go a long way uh, to help the practitioner in uh, in understanding the sampratti better no it is it's always better whenever we finalize any condition with the patient has approached to us on the lines of ayurveda it has to be backed up by something lab investigations or imaging techniques as a modalities to prove the science is totally scientific because we always find a certain uh, bad tagging has been done to ayurveda that is a pseudo science doesn't holds the um, scientific validity so that has to be removed we need to utilize those lab investigations and imaging techniques and keep it as an uh, supported document before treatment whatever it is there it should be taken care and then you do the treatment with ayurveda then once again take the repeat scan or repeat imaging techniques or use a repeat laboratory techniques and investigations then find out the difference what has occurred due to the influence of our treatment so then try to compare it so one thing is whether by analyzing those lab investigations how can we assess it is a vata pitta kapha that is altogether a different type of debate a different type of issues the thing is here we need to use those tools to prove this this is a scientific methodological methodology and uh, we are using those scientific methodology to prove that that ayurveda is having a potential and it can be treated as a, any other medical science in the world because many a times we find there is a uh, bad tag being uh, attached to ayurveda saying that it's a pseudo science or something like that so that has to be taken care of when a larger community or a scientific community feels that something which is if we speak in those those languages are their language they can better understand what we are telling even for the patients to get convinced if they have like before treatment and after treatment uh, it becomes very convincing for the for the client also suppose blood sugar is high and suppose it was like uh, fasting was around 200 then after a month of treatment say it became uh, it came fasting up to so 150 it came there so if there is a progress then patient will also gain confidence on the doctor that you know so there is some progress being made so sometimes if the patient self analyze their own symptoms they will not be in a position to uh, you know judge whether the improvements are going on or or not by themselves so if there is a you know hard document scientifically proven lab report it will be very easy for the doctor to convince them and it it will also easy for the patient to trust the doctor more definitely that mean not only that even if you want to later present the cases of ayurveda what you are able you could on the lines of ayurveda with the using of ayurvedic medicines and sub- supported and sub- documented and uh, by the lab investigations then definitely it will be a very good one in and you can go for uh, publishing the data in a penny peer reviewed journals or something like that so it gives a confidence and uh, even uh, people will get convinced about the way we practice and uh, even the results are also convincing to the patients many times it so happens a liver function test many times a patient comes with hepatitis of course very easily we can observe that there is a yellowish discoloration in the sclera or eye that can be taken care of but once the treatment is given that goes off that is also there but still if it is uh, um, analyzed through or supported by the lab investigation by lft values where serum bilirubin and all these things are there then before treatment was the serum bilirubin was 9 mg per deciliter now it has reduced to 1.2 means that is a very great achievement and that can be done 
through ayurveda medicine also that could be established that that has to be needed because not only the correcting the doshic balance inside it is also to be understand that there should be some tool or a model to analyze whether it is happening really or not so that we have some option now available in the form of lab investigations and the imaging techniques so why not we don't use it yeah even in uh, countries like us most of the lab investigations are under the purview of the uh, mbbs doctors now there are some you know breakthroughs made by these startups te- technology companies uh, who are into biomedical sciences so they are coming up with uh, uh, different tests which the patient the client can undergo himself rather than waiting for the prescription from, uh, from a doctor so coming uh, to the next point encouraging the practitioners to prepare their own medicines so in the last class we had uh, been saying that you know the proprietary medicines all over in a particular company was of not good quality you do not know what they do not add all those things so all those things can be you know the, all those pro- problems can be solved if you are just making your own uh, medicines which are at least kind of easier to prepare churnas churna combinations simple avlehas kashayams uh, uh, and or syrup formulations uh, what not so what do you have to say about it sir see preparing our own medicines for our patients is a good idea but in the beginning it will be a very nice to, to see that that we can make a preparations and we can do it but once you become a busy practitioner it will be very very tiresome and you cannot give time for that that is one thing second thing you will be limited with a certain type of uh, preparations of yogas where simply we can make it some churnas and something like that but even those churnas cannot be prepared by simple equipment for these self prepared medicine also we need certain setup and human resource and basic equipments at least some basic polarizers or something like that otherwise certain hard route is there and which cannot be broken up by our simple mixi so it cannot be possible so you need to have certain setup for that we need to have certain human resource for that and you need to have some certain time to prepare it so if you are a busy practitioners you can't just do prepare the medicines for yourself and give it to patient then it cannot be then in a week three days you have to practice and three days you have to go for making preparing the medicines otherwise it's not possible because you need to keep up a lot of things because you need to understand that you need to collect a good quality raw drugs from the various sources maintain the supply chain and um, understand those things and uh, procure it in time and go for the preparation and uh, finally you need to just ready it and give it to the patient and um, you may have to use certain um, excipients or uh, preservatives that may not be known to you and uh, that that also a lot of issues are there and you cannot manage it to a large thing it is it is a smaller scale for few patients then there will be no problem but once it goes beyond that it is not possible to maintain that you need some backup uh, people supporting for you because you cannot uh, simply say that because it is happened in my factory or my company it's uh, fine it is everything is understood and by me and everything is under my supervision that is not true if you are able to do it by your supervision then you have to spend your time while the medicine is being prepared so that is not a case every time we can't do that one but of course there is one possibility is that but it gives a confidence to us that what are the medicines we have put into that combination we know exactly what we have put and how much you have put all these things it's it's, it's understood but 
believing a pharmacy person or a company or a pharmacy is definitely a different altogether a different uh, play game you need to understand that this company is there since how long in the market and what are their products how they could able to do it and how where is their factory setup how they are doing it all these things if you just study a back and background study of those company then you will come to know uh the efficacy is also because no company is uh, investing so much of money and is not uh, aware of all these things simply they don't uh, push the uh, drug to the market because they don't to establish in the market and that's why they spend lot of money for that purpose so we cannot simply say that uh, only proprietary medicines are uh, waste or not good only what self made medicines are very good of course there is a life span and even shelf life and then the freshness of the drug prepared if we won't prepared by our own self and that will be very fresh one and compared to company made drugs but still there is a shelf life period described in the manufacturing coding and all these things are there mandatory legal option versions of what are to be printed on the label so they will go by that and i don't think so that simply blaming that proprietary medicines are these things are not good or uh, they are low or substandard it is not like that I mean, there is a friend of mine his name is uh, dr rajesh bayeri he is from kundapur so what happened was he has a place called as chitrakuta it's kind of a mini ayurveda uh, authentic uh, panchakarma center with a lot of foreign uh, clients so what happened was i mean so so after this covid hit for six months you know he 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 was made to evacuate the uh, clients from france that he had at the time and you know he is obviously unfortunately uh, as with many other ayurveda doctors his uh, uh, business was also hit and and so for six months he had to shut down his uh, clinics because most of the clients that they was getting were from uh, foreign so he was not having any business at all uh, in this case uh, like guraja sir told he had extra people like therapists and other people and he had facilities he had extra space uh, around his resort and all so he came up with these his own uh, his own kits uh, shishuposhak ragi rich uh, malt and banana rich malt and all those things he did a little bit of you know, marketing around it got the fssa food uh, registration food manufacturing unit registration and he somehow kind of survived so probably an ayurveda practitioner who is not getting much patients if he has a facility probably going this nutritional way or nutraceutical way can be a survival tactic for him also no that is altogether a different area of uh, manufacturing even that requires because uh, why the fcci and all this type of uh, certification has been taken taking the reason is um, the such type of uh, product doesn't require a clinical trial report if you call it as a drug and it is a medicine then it requires a proprietary medicine it requires a clinical trial and clinical trial reports are needed and many other toxicology studies and so many so many things are required but if it is a food supplement or nutrition supplement then such things are not required but of course for a healthy living and maintaining the health that is one of the other part of ayurveda what the main intention is to maintain that because we are having a lacuna in problem of getting a right kind of food so even that type of products which are previously said to be what ajjimaddu or something like the grand lady used to prepare at the house if same thing is now brought in the form of a marketed uh, products that's also good and that's a new area of uh, earning a thing and even uh, it gives a lot of confidence to the doctors
Yeah. So the next point was gaining patents for Ayurveda products. So one was this, uh, you know, cow urine usage in Ayurveda was blamed left and right from all sides, you know, Ayurveda, cow urine, or they use cow urine. That was kind of a, had become a taboo over Ayurveda practice as a whole. But, you know, I mean, if it says cow urine has been patented in the U.S. And uh, uh, even Ashwagandha also recently, not Ashwagandha as a whole, but Vitanaloids, uh, uh, if I'm not wrong, it has got a patent for usage as a vaccine adjuvant. So now uh, on one side, it is a good sign for Ayurveda that, you know, modern uh, people are also getting patent for Ayurveda products. So uh, the credibility of Ayurveda and the popularity and uh, the scientific basis of Ayurveda is getting proven across all countries is a one good thing, but it should not lead to a condition where we have to get their permission to use our own herbs and medicines. No, it is not like that. Already, uh, whatever the information available regarding the clinical aspects of where it is usage and all those things of uh, many of the drugs, almost Ashwagandha and these are popular drugs, have been already available in the digital mode and all, all the areas, particularly from the China and the Indian origin, whatever the drugs we are using it. Almost all Ashwagandha, Haridra, or even Estimadu, Shatavari, all Guduchi, everything has been digitalized. The information about these drugs are already available in the dad, you know, net and even by the authorities. Those who are giving the certification, they are also very clever and very clear. They are not giving the certification for what already existed in as a human knowledge present known to the somebody. Now what they are doing is something different. They are trying to put it out in a certain words or uh, things like Vithanaloid extracted from Ashwagandha being used as an adjuvant for post-COVID or during COVID for the immunity boosting activity or something like that or supporting to the vaccination. So something like this, this type of integration type of things they are coming up with because they know the limitations of their science and they know that there is something in uh, Ayurveda and these type of things which has uh, been uh, previously branded as alternative science but they are also are the mainstream uh, science uh, say, things with their own backup and their own basis and fundamental principles. So now they want to incorporate those things into this but they can't uh, take it right away from that as a hesitation and also legal uh, complications that's why they come out with this new vistas and areas so they can uh, explain these things like vitanoloids are using them in a particular type or something like that so now you straight away they don't go for the um, intellectual property right registration for the ashwagandha but it is using it in a, any typical condition because see now if i go and ask ashwagandha in covid they will give because covid is a new situation which is not explained in ayurveda or anywhere digitalized so they will give them the permission and even they'll uh, if the data is given then they'll accept it so this is what happening and one part of is this such type of uh, activities is not only enhancing or uh, giving an acceptance and certifying the ayurvedic principles and ayurveda and these drugs moreover it is also giving a wide publicity and acceptability among the population Definitely, it will give a boost for the development and even the growth of Ayurveda. That is uh, acceptable. Uh, in, in Ghaziabad, there is one uh, uh, government institution called as TKDL, a Traditional Knowledge Digital Library. One of my friends was uh, working there. 
and they uh, they have kind of Ayurveda database and references of all the Ayurveda herbs that, that they are there. So whenever these Ashwagandha or Trifala, whichever the patent is applied anywhere in the world, they, they will be tracking these patents. And if there is a traditional Ayurveda disease match with the traditional Ayurveda herb or any medicine, so they will they will provide this information and block uh, block that patent uh, being given to somebody else. So uh, what you said is very correct. So uh, only the uh, for the same ashwagandha or vitanaloids, only for the newer disease or newer approach to uh, disease or vaccine. Uh, vaccine aid or in, in those areas only it is being given and you know ayurvedic usage or in you know, a classical ayurveda usage is being protected by the government of india yeah definitely that type of uh, things are to be protected and if uh, anybody try to use those information that should be given the um, royalty to the person one who bears the or holds the basic uh, primary uni information so this any even cow urine or whatever it is, all these should be, uh, they, they had a taboo first in the beginning, but when they under, understand it and analyze it scientifically, they came to know about the potential of these drugs and now they are trying to accept it and explore them in their own modalities. But the only thing is that Western science, they don't accept as it is what we it is said in Ayurveda, but they try to take it up and they try to analyze and digest it just like how, how our body does, even though we eat. Uh, vegetarian food it is be subjected for digestion and ultimately it made homogeneous with the body tissues and then only it's absorbed similarly they'll do it they'll just simply take the other things and they'll um, signify it and classify it and they give their own name and terminologies and then then accept it in their science and it's somewhat it is good it is also for the purpose of growth of ayurveda and acceptance of ayurveda it is acceptable yeah and they recently they named pranayama as a a rhythmic breathing therapeutic protocol for some asthma or some other disease. They want to name it in their own unique way. Otherwise, it, calling, it, calling it as yoga and pranayama, they, they feel it as a kind of a surrenderance, a very typical attitude there. They have that attitude because that's the reason, see, observe that when all these Ashwagandha, Guduchi and Shatavari, these are all very typically we call it as a Rasayana. The term they would have taken it as it is, but uh, what they have done it is instead of Rasayana, they went it for immunomodulator, um, uh, anti-accident scavengers, anti-accidents and so many things they have come out with the new new terminologies to accept that. Let it be what they accept it, what are the form, but it is a Rasayana, Rasayana only. Yeah, ultimately, I mean, with whatever the names, if the Ayurveda principles are getting proven, whatever Master Charaka, Sushruta, from there to Sharankara, whatever they have told, if they are getting uh, getting into the masses and ultimately if the public is benefited, we should be you know very happy. Going to the next one, this is seven day Ayush, Ayurveda Yoga, Yunani, Siddha, Homeopathy, training for MBBS medicals. Uh, MBBS is the you know allopathy or you know Western doctor degree in India. Uh, it, it, it is it is proposed by the government, so they will undergo a seven day Ayurveda and yoga and other uh, medicine training. And I remember one uh, one thing. Uh, there's an interesting funny story regarding this. Uh, when I was studying the third year BAMS, uh, of course you were the principal there, and you know you allocated us to go to different uh, modern clinics. Uh, for clinicals, uh, as part of our clinical uh, studies, you you allocated and you know out of your own influence and reach, it, it was very uh, good experience for us because in third year itself we were in a surgical nursing home and we were seeing a lot of surgeries and all. Retired government uh, a doctor surgeon who was having practice prior practice in his second or third class, he was explaining us about the 
Murphy's trial for appendicitis. So explained that, you know, in this particular point in the lower right abdominal uh, uh, region, in the right lower quadrant, there will be pain. Uh, if you touch it, it will be pain. Then there will be nausea. There will be vomiting and fever. If, if all these things are there, then it's called as Murphy's trial. And he was like looking at the patient and he, he then turned to us and he said, all these, I'm telling you, because when you, when you are the practitioner, when you open your own clinics and uh, Murphy's triad, you diagnose and you feel it as appendicitis, I, I want you to not apply any oil on the abdomen or do any oil abhyanga or anything and safely send it to send the clients to the surgeons so that they can treat it. I mean, I was smiling, suddenly I became like, I mean, what Ayurveda people know, what we can do, or what is at least uh, uh, basics of Ayurveda, or you know, how we approach disease. This knowledge is totally absent in their minds, and they do not bother to learn about what we do. And there, there's no, you know, there is no point of uh, similarity between us and them. They, they, we are so disconnected. At least, I mean, with seven days, not much can can be learned. But at least, it's a step in the right uh, right direction. Uh, that you know, they are also getting uh, Ayurveda knowledge, at least in a capsulated form. Definitely, because see, if you observe the syllabus of Ayurveda, the official the course, what is there in India now, right now, almost forty to fifty percent of the places, I mean, a portion is with the modern medicine related topics or modern topics of the western medicine whatever it is it may be even pharmacology it may be even pathology it may be medicine even community medicine everything they have been all incorporated so ayurvedic student is not only studying and learning the ayurvedic principles but he is also aware of the western science and medical science and their basic knowledge at least to well to do basic knowledge will be gaining by the time he completes his degree whereas which is very quite absent in the counterpart the western or the mbbs degree are those who are allopathic doctors they feel that they are superior and um, they are some masters in science and uh, they will only hold the you know baton and they will be the leaders and uh, everybody should follow them and something like that they have some superiority complex so but once and uh, because of that there will be always a tussle between uh, Nairodic doctors and the modern doctors or the practice area and all these things will be there it is better if uh, they came to know at least some basic input about these sciences and what the basic fundamental principles it operates and uh, how the drugs of these uh, system works and what are the disease areas they have a better chances of handling them and how the chronic diseases and acute conditions uh, they can handle it and what is the nano medicines of ayurveda and if they come to know about all these things slowly they will uh, their approach towards these sciences will change so that is a, in a right uh, way they are going for the integration ultimately it is for the benefit of the patient patient has to get the right kind of treatment when there is an emergency or acuteness of the disease uh, something uh, life has to be sustained jivaraksha has to be done that should be done by the whatever the method approach is to be done that once it is sustained then for a longer duration when you go for a treatment uh, certain diseases which requires a longer duration of therapy that is always better to opt for an uh, herbal oriented drugs and these other things which will be beneficial to the patient 
in a long run so if they come to know about these type of things the telepathy doctors also their mindset arrive and understanding are looking at the ayurveda may change in future they are going in the right direction probably it may end up in somewhere down the line in few years from now some sort of integration so that all the things can be clubbed together now they are planning for now we have got a multi setup in a corporate hospital that under one roof every system is available similarly something like that even a course will also have every good thing compiled together and can be offered yeah i mean uh, ayurveda and medanta they have collaborated and they have center in delhi you know very multi speciality center big hospital rajiv vasudevan is the ayurveda ayurveda owner i mean hey, they and medanta medanta group of hospitals so they have collaborated and they do the integrated uh, things there and it is becoming very uh, famous and very famously i, I still remember uh, in 2000 2001 when you, when you start practicing in about a year or so you started getting reference from even modern uh, uh, pediatrician you are telling a lot of uh, you know narrations of uh, clients you are getting a modern referral from uh, allergic rhinitis and respiratory conditions and even for liver diseases also yeah, that's quite yeah, see when uh, so one or the other you know, patient comes to us and we treat them in by chance for any other condition if they approach for the other doctor then they will explain the previous history of illness what and all happen so then they will tell many times this is what happened sir last time we have gone to this doctor and he has treated with this and we are very happy and now we don't have that problem definitely such type of uh, comment in a public very good uh, for any ayurvedic doctor so such always brings a new client to us definitely then of course many and sometimes we will usually make a some uh, cma type of programs where we win, we call the doctors of other system also we try to engage them and uh, we speak about our system and our ability and our uh, uh, areas or scope of uh, the medicine and the procedures what we do it or panchakarma whatever it is then how could you able to be present ourselves so all this will uh, has a definitely has a some big pivotal points and definitely that will bring in a, some good clientele so this is what happened when we started giving a result oriented uh, treatments automatically patient follow up will be enhanced yeah so uh, moving to the next topic the topic is like is ama over hyped so let me give a little premise we we write uh, syllabus for many ayurveda schools uh, in us and all Uh, we are associated with like five to six ayurveda schools in us europe and what not so when we are writing in this word ama keeps on coming up in almost every page of their syllabus book and uh, you know for any disease what is the role of ama they they keep on going in that route and they they want to explore everything in terms of ama but if if you study the you know standard ayur uh, standard ayurveda textbooks chara samhita and all uh, you know most of the things are explained in the in terms of doshas and you know dosha imbalance leading to disease and there is no like ama caused disease classification for for a few uh, few things it may be there but for not all ama has been explained in a great way so i i think there is a little bit of uh, extra importance that is being given to ama rather that the focus point should be dosha how they interact with each other or how they interact with particular tissue to cause disease what are what are your thoughts about that see both both have its significance doshas are also significant in a samprapti in a chain and even the in any nijaroga ama is also very important we cannot simply say it, it is a hype 
we come across see i even i used to learn while my bms during that those times for every disease whenever i say it is roga sarvepi jayante mandagno for everything it is said mandagni 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 we were worried wondered why what is this mandagni for everything mandagni comes from where it comes and we are unable to understand it in a right sense at that time then uh, whenever such uh, things that then adyashana anashana these things were there uh, we used to accept it and read it for the sake of examination but we didn't understand it in a right sense at the time but once now we are using that and we are in a clinical practice area since over many years now we could able to analyze and find try to find out those areas with a very fine analysis then we know that what is exactly the adyashana is doing what is exactly anashana is doing what is exactly the mithyashana is doing and similarly what exactly the ama's role is so it's not i cannot say that ama is a hyper uh, somewhat it has been exaggerated but it is a real thing uh, ama it is a very common in most of the diseases of nijaroga and it will be there that's the reason we can many times give in all the patients first something like called amapachana dravyas once amapachana is achieved then only we can move further so this is a very important area that we should not say that it is a hype but there is ama there is a role of ama but of course without dosha nothing can happen without agni nothing can happen the role of dosha agni everything will be there then only this ama is produced so kavai gunya is produced so all these are having a very important their roles everybody has to perform their role then only a real manifestation of disease takes place and real breaking of that will only cause the chikitsa we cannot simply say that there is no kavai gunya inside then how can the disease manifest it is not possible if doshas are in equilibrium then nama cannot generate so that's the reason many a times even though viruddha ahara is consumed by a person we don't find any disease in them but similar viruddha ahara consumed by an older person gets diseased the simple reason is his body having a very good agni so it's whatever the wrong things are wrong deeds he has done because of his age and agni he has digested and overcome that ill effects but in an aged person that may not be possible then he gets into the trap of disease so that's the reason we should understand that simply it is not hyped it is a reality but it should be understood with the uh, what do you call uh, minuteness of that you should understand it uh, very minutely we can go into the aspects of ama to understand so when you do uh, you prescribe a panchakarma to your your clients uh, ahead of snehana Uh, will you always consider dipana pachana ahead of uh, snehana in a panchakarma eligible patient definitely we need to because see we we need to understand that whenever there is a panchakarma has to be done it is a part of shodhana chikitsa it's a very clear concept in ayurveda shodhana has to be done when there is a bahu doshaja vyadi vyadi is having lot of dosha and ama is still more when such morbid quantity of ama is there and the, that uh, dosha imbalance is so severe then we call it as a bahu doshaja there is a disturbance of quantum nature so to overcome that then we need to go for the amapachana agnivardana then only we can go for the further snehana and swedana it is a common practice 
and if we are not going for amapachana means directly being going for this uh, real panchakarma means there is something wrong our assessment is somewhere gone wrong because we have to select the patient for the shodhana only if it is a particular nature of the uh, doshic imbalance should be there otherwise we have we need to take the patient for uh, shodhana therapy periodically for season wise based on the season like vasant ruthu vamana sharad ruthu virechana varsha ruthu basti all these are for the maintenance type of thing that is a maintenance of the health for that purpose we are rejuvenating type of things we are doing it other areas where disease oriented shodhana is done then we need to understand that but but that particular condition the doshas or imbalances to um, is comparatively much bigger much wider so that needs to be curtailed so need to have a amapachana dravya prayoga for a few days then agni vardhana dravya then only we can go for the further panchakarma then only you can go for the shodhana uh thank you sir uh, regarding the garlic and onion and being rajasik or uh, tamasik this question keeps on repeating especially from western countries where ayurveda is uh, linked with yoga and spirituality and together you know the question is it is told that garlic is strongly rajasik and onion is tamasik in nature hence it should not be taken on a daily basis so what would be your suggestion for people on this see uh, it's a different one uh, set of is there uh, garlic is rajasik there is no doubt it is ushna tikshna it is uh, pancharasa dravya and katuvipaka dravya everything is fine and if you continuously use it it is going to increase the heat in the body and even uh, many skin conditions will develop regularly for those who are consuming this definitely they will have a, some tendency of fighting nature and all the type of things will develop but it doesn't mean that you should not make a just a blanket call for everything that it is rajasik don't use it daily it is not that there are people who work in such a places like army police and such as security areas where there are certain even uh, fighting spirits are required where there is Uh, rajasika tatva so should be there in the person so in those patients uh, if it is consumed daily uh, it's not going to harm only thing is it should not be beyond the therapeutic dosage uh, too much of thing if it is consumed automatically it causes irritation and also it may be even cause burning maturation so all these things are there even the it's the same it holds good even case of onion also but where a person is a sattvika type of nature a cool person if he started consuming these type of uh, drugs continuously then there may be some behavioral changes irritation may be there for him uh, due to the influence of these rajasika and tamasika type of thing so it depends on the type of uh, that's what when a client comes to us we need to assess its uh, their background whether what type of nature of work they do it and what what is their basic nature and where they work all those criteria has to be taken care of and which place they are residing in whether they are in a cool pradesh or whether they are in a very hot zone so accordingly we need to adjust those things uh, this is from uh, an ayurveda student i'm realizing that i'm not very good in medical test result analysis so any guidelines how to start reading them and understanding it you know there are there are lot of numbers to uh, uh, by health and all i remember i i mugged up more than 60 lab test results as i was preparing for pg pg entrance exam but so now for like one week or two weeks it it all evaporated from my mind the principles which is used for which is there but still very difficult to uh, remember and analyze so do you have any study tip to approach lab report study no it may be lab report or anything 
until unless you go on repeating the things it will not be remembered anything which is done repeatedly repeatedly it turns to, to be a long term memory in your brain and it retains so uh, understanding a lab investigation is not a big thing of course there are higher end investigations that needs to be analyzed in different way otherwise routine investigations are nowadays almost all the reports usually comes with uh, on the right hand side there will be biological reference range they will give and it is easy to understand whether it is in uh, normal limits or within normal limits or not so that is not a big issue understanding those things and trying to bring it down to the doshik level is a big task that needs uh, better understanding of uh, analyzing the doshas and their area function all those things for example we in ayurveda we talk about rakta dushti for all the patients with comes with the pimples and all those things we say your blood is having toxic material which type of laboratory investigation should i send if i send a patient to laboratory investigation i don't get any abnormality in regular even complete blood count or hemoglobin or esr nothing i could see then what to analyze how to analyze so that's the reason where uh, is a typical thing in understanding the things where what type of lab investigation should be supporting the our thing and there are certain areas where ayurvedic terminologies whatever we use cannot be totally transformed into an uh, laboratory value it is not possible because we we can't uh, establish presence of ama with some lab values it is not possible so it should be understood in our own terminologies and uh, even uh, panchatan matra even panchamahabhuta it cannot be evaluated in terms of uh, modern lab values it is not possible so just uh, keep it aside those things try to understand whether they can be used as a tool to prove our science that much is enough for us and of course to give satisfaction to the client when a client goes to the with the records with some other doctors in future for some other things then they'll analyze it what medicine you have taken sir i have taken so many medicines for this condition from various doctor i could not get the change i could not get the satisfactory results and i went to this fellow this doctor is ayurvedic doctor and I, he gave some medicine after that see that sir how much change has come in my report and he will be uh, just looking it with a curiosity what he might have done when so many allopathic doctors have tried and uh, results are not achieved when uh, he could do it with his medicines then totally this gives a confidence in the patient as well as in the uh, counterpart then they will have a uh, some uh, discourse and they will slowly that bonding and develops in society which is very much important this is a integration and coordination cooperation is very much required if those things are there definitely it will be helpful so coming to the ideal vessel to be used for storing water and drinking water so the question is which vessel is ideal for storing and drinking water is copper or glass or steel or earthen pot so among them which is good i'm quite confused since there are some pros and cons in all of them so i'm curious to know about uh, ayurvedic perspective of storing water in particular vessels the best vessel would be definitely earthen pot the mud pot from the point of lucrativeness or something like that or uh, the fragility of the mud pot or uh, repeatedly it may be become porous or something like that it, it is always go for the some uh, one which is uh, stays for a longer duration with us that type of thing it is something like a stainless steel 
then better thing for this is also glass but of course once again it is fragile but there is one always uh, people ask whether keeping water in a copper vessel is good or not to the body yes definitely yes keeping the water in a copper vessel for 8 to 12 hours is always good it is sufficient to kill the bacteria fungus and all those things in that and that is very good it when it give, passes on the copper ions to the um, water and it is good to the body and it is helping to the body in a many way of course but one should not put any sore material or acidic material or even uh, hot water to the copper vessels because uh, too much of copper ion if it is discharged into the water instead of uh, giving a positive benefit on the body it may even cause a negative effect uh, too much of uh, copper may also cause some disease in our body so care should be taken that only it is cold water fresh water without any acidic material to that put it to the vessel for 8 to 12 hours then use it afterwards don't keep it in that throw it off if it is not used then you cannot use it for drinking purposes i mean there is a quote from i think rasaratna samuchaya or ayurveda prakasha it says na visham vishamatyahu tamrantu vishamuchyade i mean there is no bigger poison than copper itself i mean but copper has you know in ayurveda we use it after purification and all but you know storing it water in it will be having you know very minute uh, amounts of copper that will not cause any poisonous effect but it is very good for people with obesity hypercholesterolemia for all those patients more because uh, copper has that scraping lekhana effect by keeping the water in copper vessels uh, that ions which are passed on to the water are very very much mild and very in a less quantity you know it it may not be inducing a scraping effect of or any a good effect on the body it's only just as already if you are on a medicine for hyperlipidemia or obesity it may be supporting that line so that may be action may be deliberately enhanced but doesn't directly participate in in a medicine you know breaking of the pathology it need by these uh, water it is not possible just simply by just with a few charges charged particles of copper cannot induce such much of change in obesity and all this obesity and all these things basically on the food what they consume and the inactivity what they do all these things are very important i want to ask um i know there are several amma pachanas with deepana and pachana herbs but is amrutotara kwatam really that powerful for anybody to release amma it's um, for better thing is that it is trikatu churna that's a basic drug uh, formulation of ayurveda it's a very well drug a combination which can do amapachana then other drugs which we usually use is chitrakadi vati amrutotara kashayam is of not that much but of course uh, contents of amrutotara kashaya also capable of uh, handling the amapachana for the intention if it is for the amapachana then we have better drugs a better drug at our disposal that is uh, trikatu churna and uh, chitrakadi vati okay but even in the excess ama condition with respect to arthritis or uh, other kind of really um, heavy ama if it is arthritis condition and if ama is there then the better drug is shunti shunti is the better drug which can be used for these conditions okay. shunti ama pachana okay. it is said okay okay thank you so much this amrutotaram contains gin- only three ingredients haritaki guduchi and ginger if ama is the prime target then trikatu or chitrakadi vati would be the better choices 
Dr. Vijayalakshmi has written, well said, uh, Professor Kuraja sir, we can blindly go by the test reports when the patient is being consulted by an Ayurvedic doctor. Many times uh, I have seen even the lab reports are not correct. Our body speaks the truth. Uh, and even in the lab report at the end of the say that correlate with the clinical observations. Lab reports are useful, but they are not be all and end all of clinical practice. So definitely, it is not a, as I said, that's what it is a secondary supporting factor for our establishment. When we have established the doshic imbalance, we understood the pathology samprapti, then we are utilizing our drugs and we are giving the results. To prove that result in a scientific world, we need to understand to take help of these things because world speaks in this language. So I, either we make them to speak in our language or we may have to understand our thing in their language. That's what the criteria is. So to, to do that, we need to take up the help of these lab investigations. And if they are fall in line with our things to prove, then it is uh, very good. No harm in it. But uh, like she said, if it is uh, Amavata and rheumatoid arthritis, uh, still, I mean, may not be for Deepana Pachana, not only for that, but as I hold because Amrutotara contains Guruji, Haritaki, I remember, you know, uh, Virechana is there, told as one of the ways to treat. I, I think there's an, in, in Amavata, Bhaisajaratnavali, there's a reference of castor oil with Haritaki. So Haritaki has its uh, use in, uh, in Amavata. So ginger also does some amount of Deepana Pachana. So it's not a it's not a bad choice there, sir. No, it is not a bad choice, but you need to understand that always we have to select the best drug or best yoga for any condition. So if your intention is to break the ama or amapachana is your intention, then Trikatu is the best combination. Another question has come. Uh, respected sir, uh, if there are two diseases in a patient, say rheumatoid, uh, rheumatoid arthritis and varicose vein, which should be treated first? No, there is no hard and fast tool that which should be treated first and which should not be treated uh, at the last. The thing is that if you could be able to address both of them simultaneously, it will be better. So in this condition, what my choice of drug would be if it is a rheumatoid arthritis and with uh, associated with uh, varicosity, then my choice would be something which is sore in nature, Amla Rasa Yukta Dravya combination with Gugula Titta Kashaya. Gugula Titta Kashaya will do the things and along with that if some sore material is there, it is Amla Rasa because Amla Rasa Hrudhyanam, Amla Rasa is able to clean the tracks, that will be good. Srota Sodaka, it is in nature. So we'll use that combination for that. And there is no hard and fast that we should treat only uh, varicose vein first or later only we should go for the Amavata. It is not like that. And both uh, rheumatoid arthritis and varicose veins is a chronic conditions. So all these chronic conditions require a long, long therapy time. So we, not, uh, we don't want to waste our time in treating only one condition, allowing the other conditions to enhance. Many a times that um, uh, throbbing pain because of the varicosity will also enhance us. And you will be in a dilemma whether that pain of, uh, being um, set by the patient is whether it is due to varicosity or whether it is due to amavata. It will be in a dilemma. So better you take choice of uh, such a drug or a combination which can handle or target both these issues. So we can in this condition, Google Titta Kashaya is the best option. So in, in the sour tasting medicine option, uh, Dadima Avaleha can be good or any other? Uh, in, instead of Avaleha, it is something like a liquid or a CP base or something Kashaya which containing that or even straight away. 
like uh, there is one uh, brand in the market like i don't know cardorium plus uh, something like that or even the even i i asked my patient to see in an entire day if you are able to drink 2 to 3 liters of water just in that 2 to 3 liters of water and keep it in a separate vessel put one half of the lemon juice into that and it becomes so diluted but lemon added flavor you will get it and use that particular water throughout the day for your all purpose of drinking so then and don't use it for the next day uh, it should be completed within one then one um, one day itself so that type of uh, water mixed with uh, some uh, sore materials like lemon or something like that that also in a long run makes the alkalinity of the body and the cleansing of the things and uh, strothosis will be opened up the next is can too much body heat cause cold and flu symptoms how to approach this it is uh, what we called uh, something like ushnashita uh, combinations in a common flu type of thing so nothing to worry it is a combination which has evolved due to the uh, participation of both kapha as well as pitta in the manifestation that's it that's why the shitata of kapha ushnata of pitta both are prominently producing their symptoms and quite contrasting but still they are existing and showing their effects so we need to understand here we need to suppress by giving uh, something which is uh, causing a more problem like if kapha is obstructing the path in a larger way then we need to go for reducing the kapha first and if it is a too much of burning sensation or heat then we need to go for the cooling aspect whichever is dominantly presenting that has to be tackled first to give the uh, basic support line uh, relief to the patient i think in sama pitta condition also there will be kind of ama and pitta together so there will be hot and cold uh, symptoms uh, getting mixed up uh, and another another thing dr vijayalakshmi i think it's more of a comment rather than listen in panchakavya probably their center we were able to diagnose many health issues just by seeing the color of the skin tongue coating nadi nabi and of course their prakriti dosha analysis etc yeah i mean ayurvedic diagnosis can be done in many many different ways uh, through darshana through sparsha through lab investigation that we discussed uh, thank you uh, dr vijayalakshmi for your comments there so that's it for today thank you uh, everyone for your questions and active participation and of course thank you very much for uh, dr guruja sir for making it very lively and interactive and answering all of our questions very patiently thank you very much sir thank you thank you janardan see you in the next class next sunday namaste